podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 67 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast. Brought to you in partnership with our, our usual partners, Flatback 4, but also the, the local business partner this week is uh, is grazing with the Joneses. And I can say Pete was absolutely delighted when we had the, we got this sponsor on board, weren't you, Pete? You said, can you have your, your face made out of sweets uh, from this particular company? Yeah, that's what they're all about, isn't it? Making, um, making delicious looking... Is it is the word mural or is it a mosaic? A mosaic of sweets? Yeah, food food art at its finest. This piece, it's not not only sweets but also savoury as well. Um, and some of the stuff, that's the word. Tapestry. Uh, uh, tapestry. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And some I've seen some of the stuff that they do, and it looks absolutely spectacular. So obviously, it's hard at the moment with uh, with your big events, your weddings, your birthdays, that kind of thing, not being not being on due to lockdown and and social distancing restrictions. But obviously, they do. Do cater for you know your 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 date nights in your family nights in film nights that kind of thing Christmas coming up as well they do these great these great uh, you know sweet tables and savoury tables as well so check them out the the link to um obviously the the podcast launch and when we put the put the podcast out there'll be a link there to their Instagram account as well so give them a follow if you want to obviously have have a chat with them as well and, and put an order through please please do that more importantly they're all Evertonians as well which is which is what you want to hear when it comes to supporting local businesses as well so uh check them out absolutely fantastic to have them on board over the course of this week and without further ado the guest this week he's here for his, his brace his second time fresh from the uh, victory in the in the t20 blast and uh, he had, had a great performance by all accounts as well uh, but lee still says he could knock him out of the park so <laughs> and that's that's jake ball jake how are you mate yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I'm not sure about knocking me out of the park. Though. We have to, we're gonna have to actually put this into into practice, aren't we? At some point. His uh, it'd be a little, a little guide a, down to third, third man. Use your pace, mate. Yeah. Just guide you down to third man. Yeah. Mate. That's, I remember last time you were saying you'd, you'd take it on. So we need once this is all done, we need to uh, put this into practice. Definitely. Hundred percent, mate. I'm all off for that. I'm, I'm, I'm all off for that. Uh, you'd be like Tino Best. You, Lee, you become a swinger <laughs> and lose, losing your middle stump. That'll be you. Uh, but no, we'll definitely put that put that to test. That's for sure. I, I look forward to that. But like, like I said, Jay, since we last spoke, you, you've you've uh, you won the the T Twenty Blast, and uh, obviously delayed due to the the current uh, coronavirus uh, restrictions, etc. But a cold a cold day at the start of October, rainy, uh, a bit of wind around. But yeah, you did the business and, and got over the line. Yeah, it was um, it was a strange one, like you say. It was it's not many uh, times we play in in October, so um, that was a bit strange. It was cold and it was wet, and there's no fans there. It wasn't the most desirable of, of finals days that, that you'll ever play. But um, you know, I think everyone who was there was like, we're just going to get on with it and and put all that to one side and just just play cricket because. You know, there's people out there that, that aren't as fortunate as we are at the minute. So go out and enjoy it. And in the end, that, that paid off for us. And, um, you know, we we played some real good cricket throughout the whole tournament. We knew that we were the best side in it if we played to, to our full potential. And 
And as it turned out, we got a bit of luck in the in the quarterfinal to get there. But once we got there, I think we won both games quite convincingly. So, um, yeah, no no complaints from us, and, and uh, managed to get a little bit of a bit of a party afterwards as well. Just just a bit, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I was playing the. Um, well, go on, mate. Are you okay? Yeah, no. So I was I was playing the. Um, I got given the. Uh, phone in on the bus on the way back and I was playing the um, Everton song because Liverpool had just lost and we got we got we got a load of um, we got about four or five Liverpool fans in our in our team so I was playing that and that was um, that was annoying them a little bit but back then we were top of the league so I was allowed to well class that, that like, class that you should have made a Spirit of the Blues uh, not a Gimshire video so with your celebrations in the background put Spirit of the Blues over it and then send yeah, it, let, it, let it go viral, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was great. It was great to see you to say to, to see you obviously win win the uh, the whole tournament, and also your performance in the final um, three overs, two wickets for seventeen runs. You know, for those who, who aren't followers of cricket and especially T Twenty, those figures are very very good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. They're they're, um, they're, they're decent. To be fair. Um, I had a good tournament all round. I finished up leading wicket taker in the whole country, so that was um, that was something I was quite proud of. And then um, off the off the back of that, I managed to get myself back back on the in the England setup as well. So it's um, it's been quite a good summer for myself actually. So um, up until up until a few weeks ago, with with Everton doing so well and me doing so well, I was I was flying high, but. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a good summer and hopefully a good winter now because I managed to to get myself on on the tour to South Africa in a week's time. So, be uh, jetting off uh, next Monday actually. So, looking forward to that. And that, that that's a big tour, isn't it? You know, you know, no, no, no tourists over the years. They, they're obviously a very very good side, South Africa, but that that's that's going to be a real a real tough test, isn't it, across the board there. Yeah, it is. They've got some great players, and they've got a lot of their players that have been playing in the IPL, and um, especially their their bowling line. They've got a real good bowling lineup, and, and in their home conditions, they're they're really hard to beat. So um, we've actually got got a really strong squad going as well. I, th- I thought a lot of the lads that played at the IPL might have be given a rest, but um, we've actually picked a really strong squad. So I think it'll be a really good, um, really good series to watch. Actually, you wait for Christmas. I'm not get back get back. Um, it's only a, a month long. I think we got three T20s and three one days. So, um, so it's about a month long tour. Just just get in and, and play and get back get back and we get back on the 15th of December. So, um, back just in time in time for Christmas and hopefully um, be able to go to the pub when I get back as well. <laughs> With a bit of luck, who, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't know, dear. Great place to play cricket over there. Now I've been to a few uh, tours with England over there. Uh, New Newlands obviously is the iconic ground, isn't it? But um, yeah, there's a lot. I just loved it. the atmosphere. Was just great. It was like you, you basically buy a ticket and sit wherever you want. It's one of those, isn't it? And obviously you know, with the rand, is pretty yeah. decent against the pound. You can you can get a few <laughs> beers for your bucks. Yeah, it is, it is good out there. It'll be my first time touring with England there, so it'll be um, obviously I don't think there'll be any crowds there or anything, but. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Actually, I'm get getting the getting the bubble life, getting the biosecure bubble, and um, from one bubble to another. But at least I get to do it in in the sun, and might get get to uh, sit around the pool on my days off. Stop it, mate! Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a tip. Sorry. You the way it was in Italy a few weeks ago. Uh, I noticed 
listening to the yes. podcast around the pool. Yeah, I was nice, nice to get away with the with the misses after um, after the season. It's always nice to to get away. Um, yeah, nice to get to, to Lake Como for a few days, which was nice. It was very quiet, but um, yeah, sit around the sit around the pool there, listening to the pod. It was um, it was bliss. <laughs> Excellent, and it's nice to start the podcast off with something something positive after. Um... What's, what's now been unfortunately a, a hassock of everything defeat. You know, we, we thought when we next had you on, especially with the start that you made to the season, that it would be, you know, a real, real positive experience and, and talking through another Everton win. But unfortunately, the last few weeks have seen I've seen the wheels fall off. Uh, and we're gonna obviously go through that. That United game first of all. I'm gonna come to you, Lee, first, uh, if I may. And it's difficult, isn't it? Because we 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 spoke obviously yesterday and it was one of those games where if if you came away with with a draw, I don't think you could have really argued that. I don't think that the sides were unevenly matched by any stretch of the imagination. But it's it's another one of those games, isn't it, which have just totally got away from us. Uh, massively, mate. It's been it's been a frustrating few weeks since the international break, hasn't it? You know, we've we've come. If anything, that's like we said on last week's podcast. It's derailed us. Um, you know, we were flying high. Everything, you know, the momentum was great. All the new signings seems to have settled in. Then, obviously, the lads from South America came back, and probably the worst game we could have had was really that derby match, wasn't it? You know, um, not only the fact that obviously people were coming back from internationals, but quite an emotive game it turned out to be. And obviously, that Richarlison red card, as we touched on, has really killed us. Really has killed us the last three games. It's not solely down to him missing, obviously. Um, but he has his penetration he gives us down that left side has, has really hurt us, hasn't it? Um and you know, again it was it was in evidence yesterday. It was um for me it was a real opportunity to play in United there. I know Sol Solskjaer had tried to get the game changed to Sunday, hadn't he? Uh because they they were playing away in Turkey on Wednesday, you know, eight hour round trip flight, you know, playing twelve thirty on Saturday, you know, it's gonna affect the legs of some of them. I just thought it'd be a great time to try and you know get us back on course. But to be honest, our defence is killing us. Our defence is absolutely killing us. Um, you know, we've conceded two, well, three goals there. Obviously, third one on the counter, really. But then two in the one before that, two again and two again. And you can't win, win games in the Premier League conceding two, three goals in a match. You know, like Carlo alluded to after the game, you know, we can't keep on scoring three, four goals, sometimes five goals as we have done this season to win football matches. Um, and it's obviously not one thing, not one problem. You know, Holgate came back in to replace Mina. I agreed with that. Um, but I don't know, it's just really frustrating. And as I said last week on the pod, it's, I feel like our momentum has been totally killed. And this international break, ironically, has now come at the right time. Yeah. Totally, totally agree with that. And you know, you alluded alluded to there. Obviously, Holgate came after, you know, a, a medium length injury, and we were probably crying out for for Holgate to come back in. Uh, I think that the, the two best centre halves that we've got probably at the moment in Holgate and Keane. You know, right, he started if he's fit. Then of course he plays. Um, we saw obviously that Bernard came in from the off, uh, which we thought gave the side probably a bit more balance. Great to have Luca Dean back from suspension and Seamus Coleman. Uh, coming back in as well, Hammers was fit, and we, and we we all thought, you know, that's that's probably that's probably the best side that we that we could have put out on the day. Um, but if it, if, it, if it comes to you, Jake, what what do you what do you think the main issue was yesterday? You know, as I say, 
we seem to have more balance in the setup. Um, but if you look at the, the goals, the first two goals we conceded there, they were two real poor goals to concede, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were just. I think they're just sloppy mistakes, aren't they? It's, it's something that that you wouldn't expect from a, a team set up by by Carlo. You'd, you'd think he'd he'd sort of address these things because it's not something that that's just happened. I think I, I remember watching one of the first two two or three games of my dad, and I was like, you know, we're, we're going to concede goals because we don't look that stable at the back, but we're going to create chances. I felt like we we're always going to be able to create chances, but I think for me yesterday. When we got to the final third, we didn't outside of of Hammers. I didn't think we had anybody that could play like a defense splitting pass. Nobody wanted to play like a a, a risky forward pass. I feel like too often you, you've got sort of Alan Decore Sigurdsson playing too many side side passes. Just we have a lot of possession. We play a lot of passes, but not a lot of killer passes. And I think the only person that that does that in that side was was Hammers. I think that's where we miss Richarlison. Because um, he he also offers that a little bit as well, but I don't think he, we can't keep relying on that. And I think yesterday when we looked slightly threatening, it's when we played a long ball to to Calvert Lewin and we got men round him. That's where the the Bernard goal came from, and a couple of times he won free kicks in in decent areas through through challenges like that. Um, but for me, I think we just need to take a few more risks in the in the final third, and and, and you know uh, Calvert Lewin's going to make these runs. When Richarlison's back, he's going to make these runs. It's about having that person on the ball that's going to be able to to find that pass for me, anyway. Mm. It's it's funny, obviously you mentioned the midfielders there, the midfield three, because against United it was uh, obviously Sigurdsson was was in, uh, Decore and 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 Allen, and um, I think you know Sigurdsson and Gomez seems to be sort of swapping in terms of who starts from from week to week. To be honest with you, and we've touched on both over the course of the last few weeks, but I, I think. You know, if you look at the other two, you know, Alan started the season pretty well, as did Decore. Um, I think the sort of think they're getting a little bit lost positionally at the moment, in my opinion. Um, but if you look at again those, those two goals, Pete, that we can see that is is there more responsibility being placed on that midfield three now to provide cover on our right hand side? Do you think? I think so, and I think if you look the look at the way they set up, Decore always tends, doesn't he, to to sort of sit on the right of that three, um, and if if either Gomez or Sigurdsson play, they tend to be on the left hand side really and get a little bit more freedom um, when we've got the ball. I, I know when we were watching the game, I think I said to both you lads, I'd really like to see Decore hopefully in the future be given a bit of an opportunity to to maybe go on the left hand side and have a bit more freedom because he's a ball carrier. Like Jake was saying, when we struggle to get out, we struggle to find a pass. Sometimes you need someone with the physicality or the footballing ability just to take the ball and run and bring it out. Um, and for you know, for whatever reason, Gomez and and Sigurdsson haven't quite found the feet in that system yet. Um, so I, I mean, arguably, it's it's hampering us a little bit by having Decore in such a sort of solely defensive role. Mm-hmm. Totally agree, and you know, I I had a conversation yesterday after the game in regards to to the, the midfield three and in in terms of providing cover because obviously with, with Hammers we said the same last week with Hammers you get a player who is not defensively going to you know he's not going to be do what Richardson doesn't be tracking back that's not his game you know if you're going to play Hammers which obviously 
technically he's, he's our best player, of course, on, on the ball. You've got to expect the three in midfield, whoever's on that particular side, to drop in and help help Coleman. Because we saw too often yesterday, Coleman, especially first half, how many times has United switched the play from right to left? And then Coleman had then sort of two on one. You know, he's, he's trying to defend the two coming towards him. And obviously then he's in two minds what to do. Um, and then you see in, in that, that first goal, Lee, as well, Sigurdsson, again, we're not, we're not here to sort of chastise players and pick on players. You said that last week. But Sigurdsson, again, you know, we saw it against Southampton. He's let his man go and he's pointed it to sort of pass him on. But that's, that's no good, is it? You, you've, got, you've got to take more responsibility in that particular role. 100%. And I think Sigurdsson is an immensely frustrating figure for us as fans. You know, anyone that knows football can see the lad's got ability. He has got ability. You know, he's done some great things, you know, uh, in, in games for us as well outside of us. But for me, his best performances this season have come off the bench. You know, you know, pre-international break, he was affecting the games coming off the bench. He was doing all right in the Cups, granted, against weaker teams. But he was affecting games off the bench. And, you know... The fact that Gomez is slightly out of form, and I know every, you know, I think he's got a bit of a niggle and injury as well, means that Sigurdsson's getting a game. But ordinarily, I think Carlo would probably want one Gomez in there. Now, the reason I think he'd want Gomez in there is that Gomez is is the type of guy that will receive the ball from the centre halves. Now, Jay just alluded to it there about our midfield looking really pedestrian. It did. You know, the most passes in that game were were actually between the two centre halves. Because the two centre halves were just giving it to each other, waiting for a midfield to drop in. You know, Alan would drop in and try and get it, but you'd have someone right up his backside. Then Sigurdsson would come in, and then the players clearly know. I watched it for I watched Sigurdsson for about ten minutes. They clearly know that he doesn't like receiving the ball with his back to goal, and if he does receive it, he just knocks it straight back to the centre half. So as a result, we're, you know, we were forced into going long, really, into Calvert Lewin. Uh, most of our balls were played into him. And Sigurdsson, really, his job in the team is to be the bridge midfield, really, between, you know, the, obviously the defence and the attack. And he, he played zero balls to Calvert-Lewin yesterday in the 67 minutes he was on the pitch. So, he, you know, he's playing centre midfield there. He, he made 25 passes, one key pass, zero tackles, zero shots and zero passes to Calvert-Lewin. I mean, what does that say? <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that, we, we wonder why we look pedestrian. We wonder why we're having to go along and try and, you know, basically feed off scraps. And, and and that's why. Because, you know, Gomez is normally the type of guy that will receive it on the half turn. He can spray the ball either foot either way. And obviously he wasn't playing and he is struggling a little bit for form. And, and, and that's really, you know, that's why we're struggling to break teams down. You know, and obviously not having another attacking threat in Richarlison is obvious and we've just touched on that, but you know, like Jay just said himself, the only time we looked threatening was when literally Hammers got the ball and was looking to quick a quick switch of play. Um, and when he did switch it quickly, you know, we looked like we were going to get in. Um, the left hand side, I thought Bernard started well. You know, the first 25, 30 minutes, I thought him and him and Dean were, were linking up brilliantly. And Dean was really unlucky, he hit the outside of the post, didn't he, with a strike there? He probably probably should have squared it, really. But that was a lovely move. We opened him up there. Um, it was almost sort of Baines and Pienaar-esque, wasn't it, the way we just got down that side. Um, so there were signs, but yeah, uh, going back to what I was saying about Sigurdsson there, it says it all, those stats that are really damning. And, you know, Awobi came on for 23 minutes. Pete just touched on it there. We had no one carrying the ball. Awobi was our highest ball carrier and he played 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and that says it all. You know, that says it all for me. 
it, it, it doesn't, you know, like like we said, we, we, we can't keep harping back as much as we we've we know the impact of losing this Arsenal for three games has hit us hard. Of course, that's because like you said, Lee, he, he's another goal goal threat alongside Calvert Lewin. In these three games, it's been all on Calvert Lewin's shoulders, I think, to, to score the goals. You know, he's he scored what what one in those three games in a in a two one defeat to Newcastle. And that's you know, that's that's no good. You know, Calvert Lewin needs service, we know that, but we also know that opposition opposition defences need to have someone else to be concerned with. And when you've got Richarlison, who's, you know, trying to get into the box and trying to score goals as well, he occupies defenders. And, you know, Calvert Lewin, I thought yesterday did 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 well when he pulled off to Lindelof. And, you know, like like Jake said before, we played quite a few long balls and Calvert Lewin, we know he's good in the air. We know he can hold the ball up really well. Uh, he's shown up this season, won a few free kicks, tried to bring some players in. But that 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 became our go-to, didn't it? We, how many times did Michael Keane play that long ball? You know, and it was too straight. There was no angle on it, so either the ball would skip through to the keeper, or Calvert Lewin had, had no chance of doing anything with it. And you know, it's another frustrating day for Calvert Lewin, and, and you could see at times he was cut on a frustrated, uh, frustrated figure. Uh, but to go back to, on what you said in, in terms of the, the left-hand side, you know, if we're going to take any kind of positive from the game. I thought obviously Luca Dean has done has done well this season anyway. Uh but but Bernard, you know, those first sort of 20, 25 minutes, we, we, we saw Bernard looking like like he did in that first season under Marco Silva, didn't we, Jay? Yeah, I think I thought he played played well that first half, to be fair. He got a bit, bit lost in the in the second half. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think the pro- that's the problem. I think we we get stuck by going down one side. I think like when we miss somebody like Richarlison, I think we we struggle to to replace him. And obviously, when when Dean, I think Dean's had a had a great season. And obviously, got getting sent off against Southampton and stuff wasn't wasn't great. But I think we we miss that link up play down there. And I think we can't underestimate how much work Richarlison does off the ball as well. I think that's something that if Bernard wants to to get to the levels of what Richarlison is. I think the work he does off the ball, sort of tracking back and and doing the the defensive work down that side as well. I think that's massive, and I think we do miss that a little bit because I think if if Dean does have any chink in his armour, it is is his defensive side of the game, and I think Richarlison really helps him out there. Um, but I was just I was just looking at the at the stats um, the, from from yesterday, and and in the second half we didn't make their goalkeeper make one save. I think when he's chasing a game. When, it, when, it, when you're chasing a game against a team that we know's got a, a shaky defence, we didn't make their goalkeeper make one save. I think that's that's a really worrying fact, considering the fact that that we had a lot of the ball in the second half. We had twice as many attacks, twice as many dangerous attacks as they did, but we didn't make the keeper make one save. I think that's 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 really worrying from my point. It, is it a case of? You know, and, and it's it's a great point that you know we the De Gea wasn't worked, especially second half. He wasn't worked, and are are we getting back into the, the last sort of three games? I felt it a little bit, Pete. Are you starting to feel again now when when we go behind or we get pegged back, we're not going to go on to win the game? I don't know. You know, um, I, I think for me, if you look at the the Newcastle game, the Southampton game, we were terrible, and we were unrecognisable. You know, compared to that that run at the start of the season, where what what was it? We uh, we won eight, drew two, something like that. Out of the ten, out of the ten games we played, 
I think I think we played much much better yesterday, um, and I think the word for me is again balance. We were talking on the last podcast, weren't we, about how lost we looked at Newcastle, not having any width, trying to play quite a strange midfield, um, too many central players in the system. I thought in patches yesterday we looked very good, and we were by far the better team. We should have won the game. Uh, we absolutely should have won the game. It was two really stupid goals. Um, you know, arguably Holgate was came in with a bit of rust. Um, because you know, two times uh, a player ran in between them, which should never happen really at Premier League level. Um, so I'm quite hopeful that with the right balance of players, no, we're not going to see that. I, for me, the issue is that midfield three. I, I don't think Sigurdsson can play in a four-three-three. I think he has to play as a ten. Um, whereas Gomez can play in that role. He can carry the ball. It. It's, the system's more suited to Gomez, and I think that's probably how you know what, how Carlo's thinking. Um, but I just don't think now we've quite got the players to make it work, um, and I think that's probably why Hammers probably had his worst game so far. I mean, he didn't quite look on it, did he? And we were saying there's something a bit puzzling going on, maybe with the set pieces didn't seem to be taking corners or free kicks, and whether that's because he didn't want to risk putting his his foot properly through a ball, I don't know, but it seemed odd. Um, so, I, ironically, I'm normally the most miserable one out of all of us and whoever we have on. But I, I'm, I'm quite hopeful. I think if we can keep the right core of players, no, we're not going to see a return of that, I don't think. I think, yeah, I think mate, just, sorry, mate. Go on. Come on, Lee. No, I was going to say, it's an interesting point. I, I'd, I'd probably say a draw would have been a fair result. I think saying that we'd have probably won it is probably a bit ambitious. But I think they dropped off, didn't they, second half? I think they, you know, the fact that they're Solskjaer was probably wary of the leg situation. They just sat off us and tried to get us on the counter, didn't they? Um, and that, as a result, we had more possession of the ball. We weren't getting pressed as high up the pitch. But we just didn't have that sort of guile to sort of break him down or get him behind him. And a couple of times we did, we picked the wrong pass or, you know, and, and we won, you know, like you said, Pete, we won some free kicks in some great areas. But, you know, why is Sigurdsson taking those free kicks? I know he is, a, you know, he can be a dead ball special, but his delivery yesterday was shocking. You know, and, and you want Hammers, you know, taking. I know we had one out wide on the left, and, and Sigurdsson, you know, clipped it in and hit the first man. And you're just pulling your hair out, going, "Why are we not letting a left-footed Hammers there just whip it in between the keeper and the line that's steaming in on him and try and get someone on the end of it?" You know, we've got some good players in the air. It is a danger, and it's just, it's just really frustrating at times yesterday. But I think our four-three-three that we're playing almost, we're almost resorting to a four-five-one, aren't we? Just because of the fact that it's so it's so pedestrian, and that's the worry, you know. Because ultimately, you want to get the midfielders on the ball, get the fullbacks up the pitch, and then press them into their own half. And we just, I think, we just really struggle to do that. Um, I mean, Coleman almost was taking it upon himself, wasn't he? Just saying, like, give me the ball, I'm just going to run at you. And I thought Coleman had a fairly decent game, to be fair. You know, he, he was just getting his head down like he used to, and sort of buccaneering down that right side, trying to make things happen. But it was, it was just, it was just super frustrating. But it, I, I thought. People are criticising Decore, I noticed a little bit, but I think I feel sorry for the lad a little bit because he's kind of almost got two two roles in that in that three, hasn't he? He's almost been asked to cover, but also at the same time try and get forward and join the attack. And I think he's sort of like almost doing neither. Do you know what I mean? Alan's sort of flying out and trying to get into tackles, getting people's faces, so therefore he's vacating his position. And then teams are getting in behind him. Bruno's just walking into his space and and and, and making things happen. So I'd even you know what I'd even potentially depending on the injury I'd even put Godfrey at six 
you know, potentially play him at six or even Gabamin when he comes back and have some legs in there to get around and get, get in people's faces and almost have Allen and Decore ahead of, ahead of, ahead of him, maybe. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're going to come on obviously dis- discuss potential formation shifts uh, in the in obviously the middle the middle section of the show. But I think I think the the, the Godfrey as a six one is potentially something that that Carlo could be looking at. Obviously, we, we don't know Gabamon's going to come through. Um, his his comeback, he's, he's obviously stepped up training. Um, he's he's due back after the international break of Finch Farm, which is great, great for him, great, great to see. And I said to you didn't I yesterday, you know, I just I just want the lad to. To be able now to to have a, a decent stint now where he is fit, he builds up you know his fitness. He's in and around the squad for, for you know the next the next few months and beyond, and he can then feel feel a, a part of the team and get back to to his level. Because I think as much as you know we, we didn't see much of him at all, of course you know, but I think there were signs in that second game was it against Watford when he, he started the game and you thought you know does does it he's got he's got the right attributes there this kid you know he's he's a big big strong lad he's got legs. Um, he looked he looked fairly progressive as well, and I just think he, he he could do could do a job. But I think potentially, yeah, if, if you want to sort of take out the equation, uh, if we can, of, of playing Sigurdsson, um, and even to a certain extent, if you want to take out Gomez, then you, you've then got can have Ben Godfrey as a six and allow the other two to maybe sit a little bit further forward. Um, and and the core especially, I think he's being hampered a little bit. At the moment, he's in two minds. He's somewhere between a six and an eight, and it's just, it's it's not working. Um, and I think I was probably more disappointed with the Newcastle and Southampton performances than I was with the one against United, to be honest with you. Um, United, they're a side, I said last week, who can do any damage to any side because they've got sheer pace on the counter. The likes of like, your Rashford, uh, Martial, Fernandez obviously is a quality player. Greenwood, when he plays again, he's 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 quick and you know they 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 are a better side than than they get they get a praise for in my opinion. Um, but what I would say is that United were were certainly there for the taking after playing in Europe uh, in midweek, weren't they, Jake? Yeah, and they didn't play their best as well, which is which is why it's so frustrating. They didn't they didn't have to play at their best to beat us, which is what. We should be making the, those those top sides. Do we should be we, if we want to be challenging that top six, then we need to be making these sorts of teams play to their best to be able to beat us and, and making it hard for them to, to either break us down or you know make them think. But yesterday, I didn't feel like they when they scored their the first two goals. I was like, well, I don't think they've actually played this well. And my, my brother texted me saying. You know, we're not, we're not, we don't see him on it, and you don't see him on it. It's just one of those games where both teams are just a little bit off the pace, but but you're more off the pace than we are, and it was that that's where it's frustrating for me. I think we've got we don't, we don't have the excuse of of Europe in in midweek or anything like that. We have all week to to build up to it. I think we we should be be in a position where where we should be organised and and be able to to say to these big sides, come on, come and either break us down and we'll get you on, on the break or we'll, we'll press you or whatever it is. But I think that we're a little bit caught in, in two minds in, in the way that we want to play, um, which is which is it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. Like you say, the, the Southampton game, the Newcastle game, I was I was just, I was all over after. I was like, well, it's absolutely shocking. It was like back to, to the back end of last year, like the the Bournemouth game at home, the last game of the season, it was back to that sort of standard, and that was it was it was it wasn't great to watch. But 
I do agree in the fact that I think we did play a little bit bit better um, against against United, but I still think, you know, I keep coming back to the the, the fact that we're not making the opposition team sort of we're not making their goalkeeper make any saves and, and to win games you've got to score goals and you've got to have shots and goal we just not we haven't done that in the last few games and and that's the that's the most worrying thing for me. Do you share that frustration, Pete, in regards to the these sides like the United and obviously the cities, uh, Leicester as well, you know, sides that are playing in Europe and we thought I remember saying it, you know, um they they've got to play such a uh, a lot of games in such a short space of time that for us we should be making the most of that that kind of situation, shouldn't we? And at the moment, we we started the season like like an, an express trade, and the last three games we we let ourselves down and you know we we've hampered our chances. I know it's early, we've hampered our chances of of, of uh, making a gap there between ourselves and the sides that we want to be competing with. Well, definitely, I think like um, like me and Jake said, we we weren't dynamic enough. And I think, yeah, you look at the game United have had sort of midweek going to um, to Turkey and coming back with a loss. We should have taken the game to them. We weren't aggressive enough. Um, and I think ultimately we we paid the price. But, you know, I, I still think we were a world away from that Spurs game, which for me is still our performance of the season because we looked tight at the back. We moved the ball quickly. We had a system. We had an identity. Uh, you know, we looked threatening when we went forward. Um, I, I know the club's bigger than one player, but I think it just comes back down to Richarlison, doesn't it? I think it just underlines how important he is that we've not won without him since um, since we've signed him. I mean, that's a hell of a stat, and one one hopefully doesn't come back to haunt us. Mm-hmm. We said we said that obviously the last few weeks how how important, and you know, Lee, Lee highlighted last week how it was. It's more disappointing the fact that he. He threw that challenge in so late in the game in the derby. As much as he, he sort of pulled out of it, it was a definite guy card. You can't argue it. We're losing for three games, you know, three three really important games. And even if you, if you come out of those those games with, with say, four points or, or five points, we're in a much better position than we are now. And it's, you know, it's, it is it is such a shame. But we, we can't obviously just just pin our, our hopes on, on one player because there is, there is quality in that side and we've shown it in other games, what other players can do as well. So, you know, it, it is disappointing. But, you know, before we move on to, to, to looking at the, the tactical side and a potential tactical switch, uh, I've, I'm going to have to talk about a couple of a couple of things and, and VAR crops up again. And um, the, the first one being, and TalkSport, my, my favourite radio station, not, were all over this yet again about Jordan Pickford. So they, they they were saying it was a, some kind of kung fu kick. Jordan Pickford's done it again, etc., etc. Sensationalising the whole thing. When even Harry Maguire said, "Yeah, what it wasn't here. It wasn't a penalty." He came out of the game and said it wasn't a penalty. Totally agree with that. But he clearly got pushed. Jordan Pickford leading up to that, so it's clearly a foul on the goalkeeper. But yet again, we're we're seeing this this media agenda leap towards. Jordan Pickford, bear in mind he was pulled for the Newcastle game to, to give him a little bit of sort of headspace and you know a bit of room to breathe after what him and his family had gone through. Carl put him back in against United. For me, he hasn't put a foot wrong. He did nothing in the game he, he did wrong for me. Um, and yet again, we're, we're seeing you know this kind of situation. And BT Sport was just as bad. You know, you, you've you've got soft lads like Manaman 
saying it's 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 obviously blatant penalty and, and Fletch and all that, you know, all, all up in arms and it wasn't given. Well, this has got to stop, hasn't it? This is this is absolute nonsense now. Mate, they're looking for a story that's not there, mate. You know what I mean? They're looking for a story that's not there completely. It's 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 classic classic media, isn't it? You know what I mean? Obviously Jordan there for for a start he was shoved, like you said. Um, Maguire then is 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 need it over the bar. It's one of those, and I said to you on the phone when we spoke, it's one of those where a player has a shot, you know, and drags it across the goal or something like that, and then two seconds later the guy clips him. But it's always a goal kick, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, unless he clips him before he shoots and then impedes his action, it's not. But the referee will almost like play advantage, let them have the shot. And if he's taken out afterwards, then so be it. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those moments, you know, he put he need it over the bar and obviously then screamed as loud as he could. You know, to try and get to try and get the penalty, which is driving me mad. You're picking all these things up at the minute with obviously with no crowds, screaming like you know, like like a madman, like tr- trying to get a pen, trying to con the ref, if you like. But then five minutes after that, though, he then absolutely wipes out Luca Dean. You know, I mean, he was lucky not to get sent off. I know he obviously took a, a bit of the ball, but he absolutely took the lad out. He could have given him a bad injury there. Um, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's the same same old sort of media sensationalism there with with, with with that with Pickford and you know there were a few other ins- I, I thought as good as Bruno played in the game and he's a very good player. You know he was lucky to stay on the field as well. You know there was one bit he obviously got a yellow for a fairly innocuous challenge, but you know we had a few of those as well. But there was one bit I think I can't remember he took out in the middle of the park. It might, it might have been he left one on Allen I think didn't he? And then the ref just waved play on because he knew if he stops it and gives it he's going to have to send him off. You know what I mean, and, and so there's a couple of ropey decisions like that, but you know, we can't keep on looking to those. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it, like I said, it was you know classic media sensationalism with uh, with regards to Pickford, and it's it's just become commonplace. And you know, we we shouldn't really really dwell on these things, I suppose, because it, it gives it gives probably more more um, more fire then for the media. Um, we we should probably learn not not to. To discuss it ourselves as much, but it's so difficult when you see the the the, the same player being singled out after, after you know he, he he certainly suffered and and you know whether Pickford is you know people like him or don't like him or he's good bad or indifference. I think that there's a line that that's being crossed and it's still it's still going on now, which is which is unfortunate. But you know I think, I think we you know we we leave that game there. It's we go in now to the international break and like like Lee said at the start of the show. This break's now coming in at, at the right time. Um, you know, the first one really hampered our, our momentum, and we haven't looked really the shell of this other side or of that side since we since we came back. But we go into now a, a two week break. Hopefully, the players um, who, who are travelling come back injury free. Um, that's the most important thing uh, for for ourselves before we we go to Fulham, which we're going to discuss shortly. But you mentioned Lee, obviously about about a potential. Tactical change, maybe even putting players in different positions. Godfrey mentioned there as, as a number six. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll ask you, P. First of all, obviously we Carl tends to like this this four three three, and at the moment we're we're seeing this midfield three not particularly working. We should have Richardson back, all being well after the international break. Do we think the Carl's going to go down the road of changing things up? Do we think he's going to stick with it with his four three three against Fulham? What, what what are your thoughts on that? And and should he and should he change things up? I I think if Gomez is fit, he plays the team that played against Spurs, and I I think we steamroll Fulham. Um, I know before we started recording, we were talking about Adam Ola Luckman's penalty, and I, I did feel for him at the time, but I hope hope that the 
the timing of that could be perfect for us. The, the, they lost a really tight game with West Ham and hopefully they'll be coming into playing us deflated with, uh, you know, with us having a bit more momentum, getting key players back. I, I think sometimes, maybe over the past few games, teams have, I wouldn't say worked us out, but have shown us a lot of respect in regards to James Rodriguez. Um, I know with the West Brom game, we, we spoke on the podcast, didn't we, about how well he sort of rode out some really nasty tackles and he showed a bit of a bit of nous in handling Kieran Gibbs. But I think teams now are, are really, really on to what Hammers brings um, and will just crowd out that, that sort of left-hand side and attack us um, really aggressively on our right. Southampton did it. Uh, Newcastle are on to it. You know, United did the same. So you do wonder whether Carlo might just let Hammers have a bit of a free roll. But I suppose to do that, he needs to change the 4-3-3, doesn't he? We'd be going more to like a 4-2-3-1 where we balance left and right defensively and you just let Hammers play. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm not Carlo Ancelotti, but in my fantasy football mind, it, it seems like it could work well. And, and arguably, could you get the, the, the most out of Hammers Rodriguez? Just let him, let him have free roam, roam of the pitch. Going onto either wing, spraying passes, linking up play. I don't know. Hammers has said, hasn't he, about the, the, the number 10 is, is, a, is a dying position and it's probably, it's probably gone altogether from the game. But, you know, Hammers, you know, naturally he is a number 10. Obviously, he's done some great things for us so far, playing off the right and cutting inside. But what do you think, Jake, would, would you like to see Carl just say to Hammers, like, come, come away from the right hand side, if you like, and just go and do what you want, play behind Calvert Lewin and have a have a freer role and try to to, to dictate play from from a more centralised role. Yeah, I think I think I would. I think it it cause a lot more confusion in in opposition teams. I think I think with him out there on the right, you can sort of gang up on him a little bit, and and like you say, we've we've seen them put two two men on him at times at the, at the start of the game and he really struggled to get involved whereas I think if, if he's in that if he's in the middle there I think he'll cause a lot more confusion obviously being able to to just sort of drift around where he wants to, to drift around I think he'll create more, more space and more pockets of space for the likes of, of Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin and then and then whoever plays on the right I think I think he'll with him being in there I think you'll you'll find a lot of Teams get get obsessed with him a little bit and leave pockets of space in in other areas, and I think that is something that we could use to our advantage. Obviously, when he gets on the ball, he's going to create stuff as well anyway. Um, but I think I think having him in there as as a as a bit of a, a decoy for the others as well, I think would, would work really well, and also it would give us that balance down down both flanks, which I think we've we've been we've been missing over the last uh, two or three games. Um, See, I, I, pers- I personally like, would like to see the the four two three one with with Hammers sort of being able to do whatever he wants because he deserves it. <laughs> He's our best player, isn't he? So, so I, I, I'm with you. I, I I think it could be it could be a go to for for us and Carl with that. But what do you think, Lee? Are you are you, are you in for that, or, or you know, could could we even see maybe uh, us reverting back to basics and going back to to that that four four two that we saw? Under big dunk that was so successful in, in his in his short reign. I think Carlo needs to find another way of playing when we have got key players out. You know, he, he, his comments were quite telling when we played Newcastle. I watched Newcastle on Friday night, and and they were absolutely dire. They had one shot, I think, in the whole game, pretty much. 
And that's what frustrated me more than anything because a fully a fully fit Everton squad there would have gone there and won easily. But he's gone there. I think I said to you, Mike, uh, you know, off air, you know, if we'd have had the Newcastle game before the Southampton game, he would have played the 4-3-3, albeit without the key players we had. But he'd have played the 4-3-3. And I think we'd have had too much for him. But the irony was... We played Southampton first. He tried that, and it didn't work with those players. And Southampton obviously took us to the cleaners. You know, we weren't we weren't a great side at all in that game. But then we went to Newcastle, and then we played too defensive for me. You know, Carlo even said it himself that he wanted to go to that game and not concede. You know, he wanted to basically if we if we take nil nil, it's nil nil. But then, you know, if we can try and nick one, we try and nick one. But then obviously we gave away what was a basically a dubious penalty, and that that went out the window. And that's the worry for me, is, is that have we got another way of playing when we've got those key players out? Um, and for me now, teams are, are are getting more savvy to the fact that James is vacating his position on that side. He's drifting out, he's drifting in, into the middle, he's drifting onto the other wing. And that's making us more vulnerable. It's making us more vulnerable to, uh, to, to obviously, to attacks down that side. So he has to find another way of playing for me. I think he really does. Um, when we haven't got the likes of Richarlison and other players, because you know we're not going to go a whole season without having a, that 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 first eleven that we all love playing every week, are we? You know, and, and we're we seem a, a sort of nowhere near the same side when we do miss those key players. Um, so for me, maybe a four-two-three-one might suit us when we haven't got that fully fit fully fit first eleven. Uh, have Hammers floating around in the middle. You do what you want. And then I'd have a Wobie on the right with Charleston on the left, and then uh, you know Calvert Lewin um, on his own up front. Um, there's look the, the fact we've been linked with Isco, the fact that he got put to Carlo in a press conference the other day before the game, and he didn't deny that we were linked with him, says it all because he knows he's not stupid. He knows he needs a ball carrier in that midfield, someone that can get the ball on the half turn, turn, run with it, maybe go past the player, um, and you know and. Uh, basically create another creative outlet other than relying on Hamas Rodriguez. Because, you know, teams will just go, shut him down. We pretty much shut Everton down. Um, and, and that and that's the worry for me. We need to find, you know, a different way of playing. Uh, and don't be surprised as going in for someone like Inisco uh, or possibly even a Milik uh, as an alternative for up front as well. Because, you know, as much as we all thought, you know, we've got an affinity uh, um, to Chenk, he's not the answer, is he? Chenk Tosin, in terms of the team we want to be, Shank Tosin shouldn't be really getting a game for us at the minute, um, off the bench or not. It's it, it's funny with, with Shank, isn't it? Because uh, obviously we, we all assumed that when he made that low move to, to Palace uh, last January, we thought, well, that's that's his, his audition for, for a permanent move. And obviously he, he suffered a bad knee injury. He's uh, obviously worked, worked his way through rehab and has, and has come back in and around the squad. And we've seen him a couple of times in recent weeks, obviously come off the bench to try and salvage something. And like you say, maybe there's a bit of an affinity there. Uh, I don't think he's a bad player. But I think when you've got someone that likes to say Ellis Sims, is is, is Ellis Sims a worse option than, than Shen Tosson? Not for me. You know, you, you look at the... I know you can say, oh, yeah, he's only scoring for the 23s and he's gone through and he's, you know, obviously he's, he's broke records through the age groups, etc. But, you know, you, you've got to sometimes just give give kids a chance and obviously we, we mentioned last week about Carlo not having trust in the young the real younger players you, you'd like to be your Anthony Gordon as a, as a prime example 
Um, so maybe that explains why we haven't we haven't really seen Ella Sims in the Ghana first team squad. Um, but just obviously going back to the whole Hammers thing and, and maybe going four two three one. You mentioned then Lee obviously Awobi, uh, and I thought Awobi came on and did a decent job. To be fair, against United, you know he was trying to be progressive. Um, and maybe maybe Peter, if we went sort of four two three one, and we're saying to Hammers, listen, have a free role, do what you want behind Dominic Calvert Lewin. We could then, if we play a Wobi, we could then maybe see a Wobi and, and Hammers interchanging. So a Wobi comes in a bit, a bit more central at times, and 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 goes into that number ten role as well. Well, you'd hope that to get the best out of Alex Wobi, wouldn't you? Which I, I think probably, if you look at the Everton squad for the the players that should be pushing the first eleven, he's arguably the most frustrating player that we've got, uh, in that he shows flashes of, wouldn't say, wouldn't say brilliance, but flashes of promise. Uh, you know, great skill. He put in a great cross, didn't he, from that right hand side when he when he came on for Calvert An Absolutely brilliant ball. When he wants to, he can ping a ball and he can go past someone. And it's great to have a player like that in your squad. But he just can't seem to do it consistently. Um, and I know a lot of people say, well, he's you know, he's more of a behind the striker role, or he does he does much better centrally. So yeah, I hope hopefully. It might get the, the the most out of him. Um, I certainly think you get the most out of Hammers when you don't restrict him and he's allowed to move across the pitch. It makes us less vulnerable, that though, doesn't it? If he can float around and not not have to worry about doing defensive duties on the right side, it makes us less vulnerable to teams targeting us on that side, doesn't it? You know, because at the end of the day, he just goes drifting anyway. You know, Coleman, you know, he's experienced enough. He can, you know, he can, he can almost handle sort of sometimes too, but. There's a reason why we didn't. Both goals came from that ex- almost exactly the same position, you know. And you can't stop the cross if you're worried about the runner doing an overlap, can you? So that's why both crosses came in so easy without anyone stopping the cross. Um, and that's and that that is the worry. So maybe he will take this time now over the two weeks. Hopefully, we stay injury free during that time on the internationals to maybe look at these other options and what what are the ways he can get the best out of, you know, these players when we haven't got that that first eleven fit. I think it's definitely going to be a, a couple of weeks of of soul searching, um, and and looking for different ways of working. Obviously, I'm sure they've worked on various things in training and and various setups and what have you. But I'm I'm quite sure Carl was was trying to obviously have a home with this four three three and everyone understand the position. Uh, obviously, with the ball and without the ball, I'm sure that that's what what he does all the time. But I think maybe sometimes you, you've just got to look at other things and. Especially, like we said, if we're missing certain key players, we've got to be able to be as effective if we can. And if that means setting up a little bit differently, uh, then then so be it. You know, we, we don't want to become a side that that uh, that is obvious to read and easy to read. And maybe against Fulham, you know, we 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 could see something different. And we're going to discuss that game in, you know, uh, briefly now because obviously it's a couple of weeks away. We've got the international break coming up. Um, Fulham obviously they, they haven't started the season particularly well sitting currently on, on 17 uh, on on four points they, they grabbed the first win of the season um, last week so you know F- Fulham lost to West Ham at the weekend Pete said earlier on Jake Adam or Luckman uh, with an absolutely shocking penalty um, as we, we said off air I mean, imagine Guilfi doing that last minute to get a one all draw uh, salvage the game and Gilfie, Gilfie does that but listen uh, hopefully we, we never see that but Fulham you know they've, they've come up through the through the playoffs and the way things have started for them they look like they could be going straight back down I know it's early but 
you know, Jake, we could be seeing them dropping back into the championship by the looks of things already. Yeah, I think I think after a couple of games, Scott Parker came out in, in the media and said, look, I don't think this group of players is, is ready for the Premier League, which I, I found quite a strange thing for for a manager to come out and say whether he was he was sort of putting a little bit a bit of a barrier up for himself there, set, like trying not to get sacked at some point. But I think I think when you look at when you look at them and look at their side, you know it probably isn't a, a Premier League side. I've watched them. A, I haven't watched them a, a great deal, but I've watched them a little bit. Um, and they're they're there for, they're there for the taking. I, I think like um, we've said. It, if we go there and, and we have the same side that, that we had the first few games, we would quite easily go and put three or four past them, no problem. Um, but what you want to see is you want to see a bit more of a solid performance. I think I think what they do have attacking threats, um, which is which is something that that is going to obviously test that back line. Um, but I think I think we'll just want to see a bit of a reaction. I think that's all that, that the fans want to see. I think we want to see him go back to to being a bit more direct a bit quicker move the ball around and, and and put ourselves onto them you know we're put put a dominant performance in to, to then accelerate in i think after that we've got i think we've got leads after that or somebody like that so you know if, if we if we go there and win three or four nil or or we, we score three or four goals you know, it accelerates us in then and then we have another a, a good good run of games and then and then who knows after that you know what i mean it's it's just I think we just want to see a bit of a reaction and a bit of like a sticker chest out and go there and put in a performance and and I think that's all that we can ask as as fans really. Yeah, I mean obviously there's a hope that like we said earlier on that all our our major players return from international duty unscathed. You know we we had the situation I said the last one where we're having the players come back from South America. You know a day or two before the Merseyside derby, which was obviously on the. Uh, on, on that, that particular weekend. So it was an ideal preparation and we're hoping, you know, it's not going to hamper us going into the uh, to the Fulham game as well. But, you know, it, in my mind, Pete, if we can't go to Fulham and get a result, then I, I'd be a little bit concerned because, like Jake said, you know, they, they haven't started the season particularly well. you got Scott Parker, you know, saying what he said early on, saying I don't think this side is, is obviously Premier League, maybe worthy in Premier League class. Um, so we, we we should be going there regardless of our last three games for me and thinking we're a much better side go and play with confidence and take the game to Fulham from the off yeah we definitely should especially with the you know our, arguably our strongest 11 out on the field um, and if we do play with that team I, I am confident that we'll turn Fulham over uh, they're not actually that different from the Fulham side that was up um, just over a season ago uh, were I, I think at the end of the season when they were relegated, they they got a result against us, didn't they? Was that one nil? I'm, I'm pretty sure we lost there, Pete. Yeah, pretty sure we lost there. Was as, it one, as, was it two? I'll find out for you now, Pete. Sure, I, I think it was a one nil loss. So yeah, I remember Mitrovic probably had his game of the season. Uh, <laughs> but they, I mean, they, they seem to be struggling to find their best team. Uh, I wouldn't say like us. <laughs> Not, not nothing like us, but I think everybody expected Mitrovic to, to lead the line, didn't they? But for whatever reason, Parker's chopping and changing him, um, maybe only using him selectively or bringing him off the bench in, in most of the games that he's played. So I'm hoping he doesn't play against us because whenever he does, he tends to have a, a decent performance. Um, but I think they're terrible at the back. Uh, I, I think they're just leaking far too many goals. And I, I, think, we'll, I think we could do them 4-1. 
Yeah, it was 2-0 last time we played them. Yeah, uh, we, we, we lost that game. And, and like you say, Mitrovic is, you know, he's one of those players. You, I, I think, I mean, he's still fairly young as well, although we were linked with him, weren't we, about 18 months ago ourselves. And I thought, hmm, maybe do a bit of a job for this Mitrovic. So he, he, he can be a threat, but he's been in out of the side. Um, so who knows? I mean, we, we know they've got Anthony Robertson, former Everton player at left back. Adam Luckman's in there as well. Um, Tom Kearney's not, not a bad player. But obviously, they, they are susceptible to, to conceding goals for them. Um, and I just think that, you know, we we should be going there, shouldn't we, Lee? And, and it sounds it sounds a little bit sort of maybe big-headed here, but we should be going there with, this, with the side we've got and thinking this is our game to lose. Sure, surely we're going to go to Fulham and, like Jake said, play with our chest out and go there and win the game. I think we've got, very, we've got to be very careful uh, not to underestimate Fulham, to be honest. Um, yes, if you you, st- you know, stock our 11 against theirs, yeah, we should beat them comfortably. But, you know, this is Everton Football Club. You know what I mean? We're on, we're, on, we're on the back of three losses. You know, Jake, you know, you've played high-level sport, mate. You know, it's like momentum is everything in sport. If you can get on a run and everyone feels like, look, no matter how we play it, even if we turn up half our best, we're going to win. You know, that's that's a feeling. It's a great feeling in sport that, you know, you, you literally you're on that run. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. That's why so many managers, when they lose a game, they instantly want to bounce back because they don't want to get into a rut of the opposite effect of struggling to get out of that losing run. Now, yeah, the two weeks break should give us give us a bit of time to sort of analyse. But unfortunately, Carlo won't have a lot of time with the players on the training pitch. Obviously, the South American lads, you know, Alan's been called up for Brazil, hasn't he? He'll be flying out there as well. Um I wouldn't underestimate Fulham. I watched some of that game against West Ham. You know, they created the best chances. Everyone thought West Ham would go, you know, would win that game three, four, five nil themselves because they've been playing pretty well this season, West Ham. But you know, Fulham were unlucky not to get a result there. Um, and you know, they've got they've, they've they've signed pretty well. You know, in in, in the window that I really like that Angisa is Angisa in midfield. He looks a real really good player. Um, obviously, you know, they've they've got Loftus Cheek on loan. Um, you know, he, he played pretty well in the week they won last week. Uh, and Luckman, you know, Luckman will cause teams problems because he has got tricky feet. He's got fast feet. He can he can hit a ball off his right. Uh, and I really like their keep as well at Ariola. I think that they get him from Real Madrid. I think he was on loan at PSG or something when they got him from Real Madrid. He, he look he looks a, a decent keeper as well. So yes, we should beat them. And it is you know after a two week break and we can almost wipe the slate clean. But you know, let's remember we we've we just lost three games. We lost to that Newcastle side. You know, don't be surprised for me if Steve Bruce's Newcastle are fighting to stay in the league at the end of the season based on the performance against us and certainly the performance at the weekend. So I don't want to write them off completely, but you know, if all our players are fit and not too hampered by you know the long flights uh, that some of them have had coming back to the UK, then you know we should we should beat them. But it'd be you know we. we be typical of Everton, wouldn't it? Just to, just to go there and, and maybe you know not get a result. So we have to be careful. We don't build it up too much as being a, a walk in the park, a three, four, five, one. Um, because you know, just get a result, get a result, then go into the Leeds game. Um, and Le- Leeds will be a strange one because they've played Palace recently um, and they've played um, Leicester, two absolute natural counter-attacking teams. And Leeds will struggle this season against teams that sit off them and counter them because uh, they like to obviously press really high and press, you know, almost like an unorthodox no formation, just hunt the ball. 
And teams will teams that play counter will pick them off. Teams that like to have the ball, you know, I think will struggle against Leeds. And I think Leeds could be a difficult game for us. Um, because obviously we like to get on it and keep it and pass it. And they're the teams that they like to play against. Uh, they gave City a cracking game a few weeks ago, didn't they? So, um, yeah. So going back to the Fulham one, yes, we should have enough for them. Um, I'm going to predict, I think we'll win it um, 2-1. I just don't fancy just keeping clean sheets at the minute, to be honest. Jake, prediction? Um, I'm going to go one more goal. I'm going to go 3-1. No no clean sheets again, which is a surprise. No. Peter, are you sticking with your four? Yeah, 4-1 with Charles and Brace. That was just despite Lee talking it down. So you're sticking with your four. I'm, I'm, I'm going for a clean sheet, mate. I'm going for two nil. I think, I think we'll, we'll win the game. I think it'll be, I think Richardson on, on his return will bag and, uh, and DCL again. Uh, don't forget, I did call the Edison Cavani goal. So it was Chris Eagle's moments at Goodison Park. He will score one goal this season and one goal for Man United Cavani. That would be against us. It was against us. You won't see him again. So just, just remember that. Uh, when he he goes uh, when he leaves at the end of the season. Okay, so uh, I think prediction wise, I'm probably on top again this season. I don't know. I'll I'll listen back to the podcast and we'll uh, we'll, we'll double check that. Um, but Jake, absolute pleasure to have you on the show again today, mate. Cheers, mate. Loved it. And and best of luck over over in South Africa as well. Thanks, mate. Can't wait. Yeah, enjoy the weather, mate. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just gotta get my shorts and the sunglasses ready first. <laughs> Man, we'll get a game of golfing when you come back next year. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to to play yeah, outside of lockdown. Definitely. But uh, we'll definitely get a game, get a game of golfing. Yeah, hundred percent. And we'll get you in it. We'll get you in the nets as well. Don't you? Don't be be shying away from that. You go, go and get your, <laughs> uh, your your size six bat that you've got in your hallway and and bring it along as well. You sure? You sure? <laughs> I'd be a lot more comfortable on on the golf course than in the nets against this lad, mate. Bowling 80, yeah. 80 90 miles an hour at my head. <laughs> I can't wait we'll to see. see it. I really can't wait to see it. I'll, I'll go with you. I'll be, <laughs> stumps. I'll be cheer for the way. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> and Pete, you can keep score. I'll film it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. We'll get that on film. Yeah, he'll yeah, definitely, definitely want filming. Yeah, yeah. How, how, not, how not to hold a bat. And how not to defend against pace. Mate, sure I'll, 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 I'll leave five out of six deliveries, mate. I'll just move out of the way. Yeah. yeah he's not, not in the stumps, mate. Not with my little forward defence there, mate. He's not in the stumps. <laughs> we, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, before we go, just uh, a quick reminder to those who, who do uh, listen on, on iTunes, if you can subscribe for us and obviously leave a rating and a comment. That will really help us along the way. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be off next week. Have a, have a little break while the internationals are going on and we will come back the following week to hopefully look back on a, on an Everton win and a much better performance and a look ahead to the visit of Leeds United to Goodison Park. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.